Alright, let me pound this full throttle here and we'll, we'll go. A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, Superman is coming back in black. <laughs> okay. All right. Spider-Man's just hanging out. Just, okay. Just hanging out. Uh, we're spoon-fed The Tick on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's a reference to his spoon thing. And <laughs> okay. <more>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think just before we started uh, uh, recording this, I was uh, watching some of that tick footage, and I I think I told you I have no idea what I just watched because like I just I have no like really reference point for the tick because I know it was like I know it was on when we were younger when we were kids, but it's just it's in my blind spot. I just have no idea any sort of tick reference. Well, uh, the tick is actually older than us, being created in early '86, uh, if you believe mm-hmm. it or not. And we you, you saw the animated show, I presume. I, I think I've seen uh, some iteration with a live-action person in the suit. The, the live-action, uh, Patrick Warburton of, mm-hmm. you know, um, fame in the late 90s. There was an animated version. I remember playing an animated game on Sega. Uh, but he's essentially just, you know, a, a, an absurd spoof on superheroes. So mm-hmm. um, we can't take it too seriously. But he, he had a battle cry. They were like, you need a battle cry when you go in. You know, something you can say. And he just picked up a spoon, and he was like, spoon! And like, that's, <laughs> that's his battle cry. All right. <laughs> so we'll go with it. We'll go with it. So welcome to, actually, this is episode 84 of the regular show, like, episodes, but this is episode 100, Mike. We've recorded 100 regular news-spoilercast episodes. Yes. Technically, we have produced 100 items that would possibly pop up in a feed out there, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I, I do not include our movie night, though, because that's a little bit of a different beast in and of itself. Yeah. You kind of got to sync <laughs> it up with the movie, otherwise we sound like probably like a bunch of jackasses for <laughs> for an hour and a half. But episode 100, yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, to celebrate it, we're just going to do another regular show. Uh, yes, it's it's more of a it's more of a technical milestone, um, as in when we actually have like a news episode with the number one hundred on it. It might be a little bit more exciting. It will be, but to do this, uh, we have recently discovered Facebook now allows us to upload videos longer than our episodes. So yes. we're going to start putting our videos straight to your Facebook feed. Yeah, there you go. We're just gonna we're just gonna annihilate you whenever you can. Yeah, um, you're gonna get like you know another way to. Not avoid us, so to speak. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. So um, if you're subscribed to us on you know, iTunes, that's fine. You subscribe to us on YouTube, that's fine. You can follow us now on Facebook and get the whole episode right there, uh, wow. video and everything. So uh, it'll be cool. Show notes will not be going to Facebook, by the way, because they'll probably frown on that. So we're going <laughs> to keep it simple. Anyway, uh, what have you been doing? Anything good this weekend, Mike? I know we really haven't talked too much. It's been a, it's been a week. Man, it's it's been a relatively uh, light news week, I would say. Nothing nothing big enough to where like I'm rushing to my phone, making sure uh, making sure we're all on the same page. Uh, but there's some good stuff out there. So I've been kind of um, on the lookout for some Crystal Pepsi. I picked oh. some up today. I I feel are you, like are a, you drinking it right now? Is that what yeah? I hear? Yeah, I feel like a, a doofus buying it because it's like it just tastes exactly like Pepsi. It's just clear, like like I, I so I, I fell for the gimmick, if you will. Uh, so Pepsi has another probably like dollar twenty five for me, but you know that's that's what it happens. It, it just tastes like Pepsi. So I guess if you like Pepsi out there, but you want it clear, Crystal Pepsi's for you. That's a, yeah. That's about as much as a review I can give it, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, for for the blind people out there, they're not going to know they're drinking Crystal Pepsi, and that's yeah. sad. That's really sad. <laughs> um, you said you could taste the crystals in it, and mm. I don't. I, I think you might be drinking the wrong thing as well. Okay, taste the crystals, and I could also give another uh, food shout out to um, uh, a new. I guess in this is kind of a new trend sweeping the nation. It's called Nashville Hot Chicken. It's oh, um, uh, yeah, hot, hot, spicy, kind of like a real spicy chicken. Yeah, well, it's not necessarily like. Um, 
like like a buffalo chicken or like a spicy chicken wing or something. It's like Nashville hot chicken is like a, is like a fried chicken that is like dipped into kind of like a a butter oil fat uh, thing after it's fried and then it's like coated with like cayenne pepper. Mm-hmm. I guess the, I guess the the or the origin of the food was like uh, way back in the day. Some man came out, um, uh, went out at night, and then came came home to his wife who assumed he was cheating on him. So she so the guy told his wife to make him some chicken and to get back at him. He she tried to make the spiciest uh, chicken she could and uh, it backfired and the guy ended up liking the really spicy chicken. So I guess that's the origin of Nashville hot chicken. Oh. But uh, we finally, I guess we got this uh, place out here in L.A. that just opened up down in Chinatown called Howlin' Ray's. That it's it's like the new hip spot right now in town. So I met up with a friend of the show, uh, Quentin Parker, mm. yesterday, and we waited in line for a long time. It was a really really long line. But the the dude that opened the place, this is like a legit like uh, restaurateur chef that opened it that was working. So we got some real legit food uh, yesterday, so that was awesome. So if you guys got any like hot 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 chicken, uh, I, I assume you could probably find some hot chicken near you. Look, I tell you, um, hot Nashville hot chicken is old news to me by this point because <laughs> I am so close to Nashville. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're in the area, so it's no, no that's surprise. a day trip. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's no big news to me. Um, however, be on the look be on the lookout for that spicy level though, because. Um, they they are far above any sort of heat scale. So like if if they if you're gonna order the hot chicken, that's like super super hot. If you go for like the the mild, the mild's probably more of a medium. So kind of like crank everything up one notch. So go below your comfort level, and you'll probably be, you'll probably be good. Okay, cool. So there's like um a not hot chicken. Is that is that still it's, there? I guess it, I think it all depends on the amount of cayenne pepper that goes on your chicken. So uh, at the Hal and Ray's, you can get the normal, like, unhot chicken, which is basically just super awesome normal fried chicken. And I actually got the sample of that yesterday, and that was amazing. And then it goes up to mild, medium, hot, and then, like, scorching or something. And then there's, like, a Hal and Hot uh, that would probably, like, blow out your butthole. Um, but I just went with the mild, and it was, it was just the right heat level. So, yeah, go get yourself some hot chicken. It's good. Okay, okay. Well, speaking of Quentin, I actually played some Star Wars Battlefront with Quentin yesterday, um, <laughs> and he says that you gave him some Ecto Cooler. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was uh, he was clamoring for it, so I brought him. Uh, he drank it actually while we were in line yesterday for that hot chicken. So you gotta spread the love of that Ecto Cooler because that mm. seems to be the only uh, legacy I think we're gonna have from that last Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and mentioning that, I actually ordered two more cases of Ecto Cooler this week. So. <laughs> just just before it goes out of uh, out of style. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm like, I, I got cracked into my last case today, uh, and I knew I'm like, I need to get two more. So, got my Ecto Cooler on. And you you really liked it then. I mean, like, I was on board for the nostalgia, but I don't think it would it would be something that I think I would need every week. But I, you really you really like it. I like I like drinking it on the way to work. It makes the ride to work a little better. I think. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that's start my day off with some ecto cooler. You know, can't can't go wrong there. But yeah, that's cool. And Star Wars Battlefront has apparently updated itself, and it's like playing a whole different game. And oh wow, we didn't, I didn't have a headset, but my I was at my in laws. I didn't have a headset, and, but they have a connect. So I was yelling at the TV to talk to them <laughs> the whole time. Yelling at the TV. It was it was pretty entertaining. So everyone who still plays Battlefront regularly, everyone who was in there had a Star Wars related name. Oh. And, uh, like the guy on my team was Darth Darf, and I'm like, you guys must really play this game a lot. So, <laughs> well, while we're on the the topic of video games, real quick, um, I swear, like I always get like the the one thing that gets me really excited about video games um, is is still VR, which is obviously uh, pointless to you because you say you can't see out of one eye, and uh, so the the any sort of virtual reality is just not going to work so well for you. No, but no, like, no, it's not. <laughs> I, I get like I see like these really cool demos online of just like oh someone putting on a VR headset and then s- sitting in a like a a steering wheel type controller like playing a racing game I was like oh that looks really cool but then I think about the super expensive computer that I'm gonna need to run it so I'm hoping 2017 I might make the I might make the jump to VR and I'll just leave this plane of existence and I'll just stay in my headset so you're essentially jumping from like 
like Sega Genesis all the way to VR. You're <laughs> yeah, just bypassing I, the whole thing. Yeah, I'm just going to skip that Xbox One and PS4, and I'm just going to jump right into the VR world. I'm just going to skip that gen. Well, well yeah, whatever floats your boat, dude. That's that's fun. And my last bit of, I guess, video games for I've been playing Ultimate Alliance uh, with my friend of the show, Brian Smith. Uh, and it's actually, the game's not as broken as I was, like, reading online. Oh, that's and, good. And it played really well. We had a good time with it. And uh, so much I've actually started, like, when you play online, the host has their save file, and you're just joining their save file. So I had to start over on mine, and I played through just as much as we played together this week, and I'm actually really enjoying it. So Ultimate Alliance, maybe not worth the $40 or 60 for the bundle, but when it goes down in price, it's fun. I enjoy it. All right. All right. All right. Well, on with the news. On with the news. Um... We're going to start with Suicide Squad. You know why? Because it's uh, number one, third week in a row. Um, really not a whole lot of other movies out I'd say I want to see, so I guess I could chalk it up to that. But um, there's a very interesting story about Jared Leto going around this week that he's just mad about his portrayal as the Joker in the movie and how he got to play the Joker. He felt like he was tricked. Uh, Warner Brothers has him on a contract saying he can't go rock climbing or doing dangerous things. Um, And he was at a a 30 Seconds to Mars, like, question and answer panel. And apparently he said, fuck them to Warner Brothers because, like, of all the rules and stuff they're they're putting on him. That really doesn't surprise me. Uh, They made a – the band 30 Seconds to Mars, along with Jared Leto, they made a documentary um, maybe a year or two ago all about their – the battle that they were having with their own uh, record label because they were one of the biggest bands in the world back when they were doing this documentary and they basically were they were like dirt poor they weren't getting paid so they definitely spoke out and were really vocal about the people paying them so it doesn't surprise me that jared leto would be really outspoken against warner brothers so that seems right up his wheelhouse but he always seems to he never seems to be like necessarily ungrateful i mean he's very much an artist and he's very good at what he does so i mean if he if he wants to say fuck him i mean a lot of other people have been saying it towards warner brothers so he's kind of like jumping on the bandwagon now it seems like <laughs> yeah and, and i think the thing that it got him i think the most is you know says you know he felt tricked into the joker probably because they cut a lot of his scenes out um again we think it's more of a glorified cameo in the film yeah um, i mean i could definitely see i mean before he was in the suicide squad you know he was coming off of what was it, dallas buyers club i'm you know, he had an Oscar for that. He was basically at the top of the, his creative career. I mean, he's in a band. You know, he's acting. Uh, I mean, he's he's a th- he's like what do they call it? Like a double a double threat. I'm sure he can dance, so I'm sure he's a triple threat yeah. too. Uh, so, um, I mean, I'm sure like an executive came to him and was just like, "Hey, you're gonna be the Joker. You're gonna be the star of this movie. You know, it's gonna be amazing. You're gonna have this uh, totally like unique performance. Everyone's gonna remember you forever." And then he sees the movie and he's just like, wait a minute, I have zero influence on the plot of this movie mm-hmm. at all. So I, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, they probably told him it was more of a Joker starring piece and, and kind of the edit that we finally saw definitely mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't live up to that. But that, that's okay. If he's mad, he's mad. You know, we'll let him, we'll see how this plays out. No sequel has been announced no other use of these characters have been announced. Yeah, so well, I would think I would be more curious what they're going to... I mean, the Joker is like a pivotal enemy in the Batman universe, so we know there's this going to be Batman movies. Is the Joker just not going to be involved? They have this whole like uh, storyline that have that has happened between him and, you know, killing a Robin, so it really yeah. makes me wonder, like, like what are they going to do? Like, Jared Leto's obviously under contract to be in more movies, but if he's... <laughs> openly spoken that he doesn't like this studio like this is not good for warner brothers at all which is so funny because that suicide squad was kind of the last movie that they had to get out before this new rank of executives kind of took over so it's just kind of like i would say they're they're finally over that hump so hopefully wonder woman will kind of bring them back into some normalcy and some really good cinema but they still have these two well arguably three stinkers that they got to figure out how to mm. bury you know like what do we do let's let's put them all in a box set and just like bury it in the desert or something so no one has to worry about them yeah we'll, we'll definitely it'll be interesting to see maybe they'll announce something later on this year or maybe early next year but uh Definitely interesting to see where they're going to go with the future of this, agree? Uh-huh. But the, after Wonder Woman, I think Justice League is actually where the next resume starts. I don't think Wonder Woman 
is, is affected by these new people. I think they were already done. However, this new Justice League, I think, is... It, the trailer blew me away from, from Comic-Con, to be honest. That's my favorite one. But there's a new image uh, on Instagram from Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, showing a black suit with the S there. Uh-huh. A very, very, very similar to Zod's suit, but it definitely has the Superman S. And uh, it's black, which means the black-suited Superman is probably going to make an appearance in Justice League. What, mm-hmm. do, you, what do you think, Mike? Uh, so I kind of have I have two two kind of thoughts on this. So thought number one, I guess they're they're both there's good and bad. I'll, I'll organize them that way. The bad thought is it's just kind of like it's the same thing that happened with Batman versus Superman. Like how many cool unique things about the DC universe are you just going to totally rush through? You know, you rush through the origin of Doomsday, uh, Lex Luthor. You know, you rush through uh, getting the Trinity together. You know, you you rush through the storyline of Death of Superman, you know, and uh, Jason Todd dying. All that stuff was just, like, glazed over super quickly in a movie. So I'm just hoping that, you know, if they're bringing up this black suit, it's not just one of the thousands of things that's in this Justice League movie. Hopefully it at least kind of stands for something and stands out. But on the good side, it's just kind of like... It's just kind of quirky. Like, I believe, isn't the black suit kind of rooted in, like, 90s comic books? Isn't that, like, a very 90s thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. After the death of Superman, which I believe was, like, 92-ish, um, mm-hmm. he came back in this black suit, you know? Like, yeah. With a very long, like, mullet-style hair. Yeah. Like, that's what I kind of, that's kind of the kind of the quirky, weird thing I like about it. Like, it, like it has, like, no cape. It's just, like, a, a black suit. I'm sure it was kind of, like kind of fit like that like kind of more of a darker tone like kind of like the 90s like to do up uh, in the comic book so I'm kind of curious like maybe what Zack Snyder will do with like this kind of like I don't really know because we all kind of want that kind of nice cheery Superman because we haven't seen him yet but now they're going to throw him in that black suit and then I think everybody when they think of black suit they think back to Spider-Man 3 and they're just kind of like oh that didn't go over well either so I don't there's so much to be left to question but i like one thing that you can say about Zack snyder is he never plays it safe so whether that works out well for him or you know or it blows up in his face i don't know but at least at least you know you're gonna get something a little off the wall so i kind of can see it as a positive yeah so um this is definitely i I look at this as a positive as well how does he get it i this is a good question for me Um, yeah (laughs) that's that's my first question secondly there's been another photo arise on set from uh fans like a fan visiting the set of justice league and he took a Mm -hmm. picture with him and he has the red and blue suit on so how much of an impact will this actually have on the film as a whole Mm -hmm. um I, i don't know but we've also not seen any like they're blowing their load here, saying Superman's <laughs> coming back. Whenever we saw him die in Batman v Superman, yeah, I mean, we no one believed for a second that he was going to stay dead, and you uh. know, it was so. It's just, it's just such a weird thing. It's just like, oh, is it, re- is there really going to be a whole lot of weight behind Superman coming back and being in a black suit? You know, when we all knew it, he wasn't going to be dead. It's very hard to, to, to judge at this point, but I, <laughs> yeah, I have faith in Justice League. We'll have to see how it plays off. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, definitely gonna cross my fingers for for a good movie on that one. After that, uh, in, in I guess the year after that, we actually have the Flash coming up. Flash is really really blowing me away here from what we've seen on you know the Justice League trailer and uh-huh. you know the, his brief appearance in Suicide Squad. Um, the rumor right now is Cyborg will appear in his film as well in more of a pro- primary part of the film, not just a show up for a minute and leave. Yeah, maybe deal. maybe this is kind of. Um part of uh, a little bit of a strategy of what Marvel's been doing at some of its films. It's just like, oh, we know we're getting like a standalone, for instance, like Black Panther movie. Well, let's uh, introduce the audience to Black Panther earlier, you know, in um, in Civil War. So uh-huh. I think that I think that works. Kind of helps your audience warm up to the idea of this character, and then you kind of get attached to their personality, and then you want to see their standalone film. Because, like, DC um, has some of the most iconic heroes on the planet. Everybody knows Batman. Everybody knows Superman. You know, they probably have more uh, visual recognition than any Marvel character out there. Even even with the Marvel movies being as huge and gigantic as they are, everybody still knows Superman. Everybody still knows Batman because they're so iconic. But... 
Cyborg? Not so much. I, I bet if you just went up to somebody on the street and showed them a picture of Cyborg and said, hey, is this a Marvel or DC character? They probably wouldn't even know. So Cyborg does need some kind of due diligence to warm people up. I agree. I I, I think he's he, he seems like a very cold character and needs some like human side to him. Um, uh-huh. And I, I don't know. I think I think the Flash is going to be great and having like a robot cyborg kind of there for some of the movies going to be fun. Again, like adding Hulk and Thor, like you need it. Like those two characters may not work well by themselves very often, but together it's going to be a fun romp. So, I mean, all I know is I've, I've always been more of a, a DC animated guy, never so much the comic books. So the main cyborg I have is from that classic teen Titans show, you know, back in the two thousands. So that's the kind of cyborg that like kind of I've attached myself to in the past. So, It'd be kind of cool if maybe there was some there was some homage there because I think that's the I think a lot of people uh, have fallen in love with that version of Cyborg. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have to play that one by ear, and he'll make his first appearance, uh, not in a quick time movie, but in uh, <laughs> Justice League next year. Supergirl, the TV show coming to the CW this fall. Um, Kevin Smith's episode that he's directing that we reported on last week is called Supergirl Lives. Oh, and, okay. And it's an homage to the film in the 90s he wrote called Superman Lives, uh, which was going to be a Superman movie in the 90s, you know, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, that one that, that we've talked about. He actually, Kevin Smith wrote that movie. And um, there's a documentary on that one now called The Death of Superman Lives, which kind of yeah. goes through the process of I've it. I've been wanting to watch that documentary for so long. I really need to put that on a list somewhere. Yeah, and um, so the, he his episode, he didn't write this episode, but they told him the name of it is Supergirl Lives, and I think that's probably why he was chosen to direct it. Um, yeah. And it definitely is interesting. I don't know how they're going to bring Supergirl over to the Flash universe and make them all cohesive, but... Um, well, I think, um, I think when we reported on the episode he's directing, when he directed an episode of The Flash, it was towards the end of that season. This one's more towards the front of the of this yeah. season of Supergirl, right? So yeah. it makes me seem like they're going to have to kill her pretty quickly, right, for her to live again. So um, it seems like we're both going to have to try to attempt to watch Supergirl this, this uh, season since it's on the CW and everything's going to be mashing up together mm-hmm. on screen and some sort of crossover. So well, I guess we're going to get to see her die at least. So we'll see how she comes back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, uh, we have all the super people dying this year, apparently. So mm-hmm. um, if you're a Kryptonian, stay away from sharp objects is, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> it's not, it's not your year. It's not your year. In the same universe, we have Arrow, which, which we, kind of like we kind of don't like it fluctuates i'm, I'm not a <laughs> Depend- huge fan it's on it's a season to season basis <laughs> yeah uh, however the actor will travel he was in jessica jones as nuke um mm-hmm. has been cast as the character human target um oh. the human target is a character who takes on the person's identity of who he's charged to protect um and the person he's charged to protect this season is actually oliver queen so uh, definitely probably going to be some switcheroos, you know. Uh, <laughs> the old switcheroo. <laughs> the old switcheroo. Is he, will he, won't he, kind of like Mission Impossible, everyone's wearing a face mask kind of deal. So um, I thought it was cool. I mean, a lot of the characters who appear in comic book movies, superhero movies, tend to fluctuate between a lot of them. Um, and look at Chris Evans, you know, Human Torch, Captain America. Ryan Reynolds, I think, is the biggest. Uh, he went from Blade to Green Lantern to... Um, Deadpool. Uh, what, Deadpool, he was in R.I.P.D., which is a comic book movie. He's got a mm-hmm. couple under his belt. Uh, Brandon Ruth, uh, he was uh, Dylan Dog, Superman, uh, The Atom. So, I mean, all these people carry over. So that's cool that he's, you know, jumping around between those two. And and that's kind of cool. Something else we talked about earlier this week, and I don't know mm-hmm. how to take this, is that Powerless, the TV series coming up. That um, was, um, was that the one with Vanessa Hudgens in it? Yeah, Alan Tudyk. The, the f- Silver Fox or some sort of what was Crimson that? Fox? Fox. Yeah, Crimson Fox. That's right. Yeah. So we saw the trailer and stuff, and I think the pilot shot. And now they're two weeks away from production. The showrunner leaves the series. Oh, that's not good. Citing uh, the most infamous thing in the movie business: creative differences. <laughs> that's that's never that's never good. So. Because you, you never really know who's going to be on the, the losing side there, who's to blame. Because uh, I've, I've heard lots of like talks and seminars and stuff with uh, creators that said, oh, sometimes like the executives really have like helped me out, you know, f- they focus the creator, really pinpoint on what's the important part of your story. And sometimes it can help. 
sometimes it can be just the the total worst thing that could ever happen to your show. So it makes me wonder, like, you know, is the, if this show ends up being bad, we know it was the executive's fault. You know, mm-hmm. if it ends up if it ends up being good, maybe it's a good thing that that person left. But I don't know. That's it's not good though. <laughs> that means like there is a, a some set of people out there that are not happy with what's going on. Yeah, so because of that, production's been halted, and it may not meet uh, a series premiere date um, this spring, uh, if not. So we'll have to kind of keep our eyes open and see kind of what happens with I this show. So. Um, my Siri <laughs> Thanks, is, Siri. like, talking to Thank, me. I don't know why. Thanks, Siri. She agrees. Yeah, apparently so. She does. Thank you. Well, well, uh, well you know what? I think they should, you know, you know, if it's just going to end up being lost, why don't they just go ahead and just hire just some random people to create the show. I mean, it could even be maybe some people that do like a podcast or something like that. You know, uh, maybe their names could be Chris and Mike. You know, they don't even have to pay us. Let's just let's just make a TV show and see what happens. That'd be they really can, funny. They can pay us, but not as much as that guy was asking. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take half and we'll split it between the two of us. That's right. We can we can get by. You watch us. We'll get you a show. It'll be funny. Yeah. Haha. Um. Last bit of DC news here. Um, Injustice 2, the game um, that's mm-hmm. coming out uh, later, the fighting game, uh, has added Harley Quinn and Deadshot on their roster, of course, because they were in Suicide Squad. So mm-hmm. um, there's some gameplay footage out there. I, I don't have the link right now, but um, more characters joining Injustice 2, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one coming out. Maybe maybe you can play it in VR, Mike. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. Know. I don't know if you want to play like fighting games in VR. That'd be kind of weird, like I'm getting gonna... punched and stuff. Uh, I'm doing everything in VR, man. I'm telling you, 2017, my 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 physical existence is done. So, so the movies won't break your bank in 2017. The VR will. One of the, one of the two, Mike will be poor by the end of 2017. Yeah. We'll see. Yes, we're gonna throw it back here about 20 22 years ago here. Um, Fantastic Four, 1994. Um, the movie that was never released. Um, it was made by. Uh, oh man, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Ah, I feel horrible. Either way, there's a Fantastic Four movie that was made in 1994 that was never released. A documentary on this unreleased film is coming out October 11th. Oh, that's um, awesome. That kind uh, of fits with that Superman Die Lives documentary thing you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, The Death of Superman Lives. So, mm-hmm. um, fantas- I actually own this movie, Fantastic Four. Um, I, I got a bootleg copy. Um, <laughs> someone was selling somewhere, and I bought it. And it's actually not a bad movie. Like The effects are very not practical. Th- but they that's made this- a- that's actually what I've heard, like, because you know, obviously everybody was kind of doing their own hot takes on the movie when the fan four stick came out uh, the other year, and people actually said this might look like a mess, but the story actually seems to be somewhat like logical and progress, like you know, like a tip, like a normal movie. So it's funny that this thing that never got released was probably better than the garbage we got the other year. It is. And what's really funny, I guess not funny, but the, the tragic story behind this movie is they made this movie, the producers knew they were not going to release it. They only made it to keep the rights going. Ah, those uh, fuckers. <laughs> and those are the same people who still own the rights today, Mike. So Ugh. let me tell you, they're only going downhill every time you try to make one. Oh, it's Roger Corman. Roger Corman was the, the director of that. That's so. right. So, um... Yeah, so uh, you guys can find that movie online, actually. I think maybe YouTube has it somewhere. Yeah, I'm If sure. you want to watch it. But um, I'm going to definitely be watching the documentary on and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns uh, next month, I believe, end of September, right around mm-hmm. the same time uh, Luke Cage does. And actress Mallory Jansen from the TV show Gallivant has been cast as Ada, the robot we got to tease of in the end of last season. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited with these with this possibility of how the these 23 episodes this season might run down because that's one thing that's always kind of uh, interesting to think about when it comes to these like Agents of Shield type TV shows because when you're doing like 23 hour long episodes, uh, you know, with commercials, it makes it an hour long. You really gotta you really gotta create like a story that's really gonna last you you know all these uh daredevil and like jessica jones shows you know they're so awesome but they're condensed to just 13 really primed awesome episodes with agents of shield you got to pull out all the stops to, to fill up your time so i think this might this might be kind of cool and I, I like the idea of uh bringing in these uh, life model decoys to round out the season yeah, finally introducing them after being teased to us uh, for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we got Ghost Rider. Uh, even the, the producer, or I guess the the Marvel head of Marvel Television, um, was saying this week that it's going to be an edgier show, a darker show, because of that ten o'clock slot. 
mm-hmm. they're really gonna, they're really going to take advantage of that. Um, and that kind of sucks for me, like watching ten to eleven every night. But for Mike, you know, that's still only seven o'clock for him, so he'll probably mm-hmm. have a watch before I get to bed. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, Agent Shield coming back next month. Really excited for it. Looking forward to uh, season, I guess it's four now. Season four to, to blow us out of the water. So Hopefully. Knock on wood. Here's another big bit of news uh, this week. The Punisher is rumored to debut in 2017 on Netflix next year. That yeah, this is nowhere t- this week. Yeah, this is kind of from a weird, like, covert, like, almost like picture of a screen. So I don't really know. It's how. actually the mobile app. The mobile app. Someone accessed the mobile app and looked up the Punisher, and it said 2017 on it. Yeah. And, so that that's some kind of cool trickery there. Yeah, uh, definitely. And then leading credence to that, the rumors that the casting for the character Microchip is underway already as well. Wasn't that on the CD at the end of Daredevil season two when yes. he like went back to his house? Yes, he found the CD and it said Microchip on it, and he took it with him. And Microchip yeah. has been a character in, in the comics, not not just a CD. Well, um, th- yeah, and this 20, 2017 date, it lines up with what we reported a couple weeks ago with Netflix saying that they want to do three seasons a year. And I think that works out really, really well with the, with the calendar schedule. I, I think more than three would be a little bit too taxing. It might be kind of hard to keep up with it because we cram these shows in a weekend, you know, we... we put a lot of time investment into them so i think this fits with the three pretty well we're getting the um, we're getting we're getting luke cage in september and then we're gonna get iron fist probably in the spring yep uh we'll get the defenders uh i guess if we're trying to cram in three now i guess maybe we'll get to defenders possibly summertime maybe it's gonna capitalize on the summer box office uh I, kind gonna- of hype I'm going to lean the other way. I'm actually going to say the Punisher is the middle of the year and the Defenders oh. wraps the year up. You think they're going to loop Punisher in with the Defenders? The only, Maybe. I, I definitely think that's an option. The reason I say this is Netflix history of posting landing pages like this mm-hmm. is about one year from when they debut. They're usually about, when they post one of these, it's about a year before it debuts. Hmm. And if they want to get the Punisher or maybe spend a little more time working on the Defenders, because we don't know what that looks like yet. Is it 13 episodes? Is it four? Is it a mini movie? We don't know yet. Um, they may still be working that out and need a little more yeah, time to get that yeah, done. I, I'm pretty, like, if I had to guess, I'm going to assume Defenders is going to be like a four-part, a four-parter, mm-hmm. um, like four episodes, maybe all like 60 minutes long, something like that. So I guess it kind of depends if we if we think maybe Punisher is going to be a little bit more along the lines of kind of what Ant-Man did. You know, Ant-Man came out right after the huge uh, tentpole Age of Ultron, so maybe it'll be something uh, maybe comparable. We'll have to see. We don't really know how Netflix is going to fit in three series. We only have data for two series a year. So well, that's that's awesome, though. I mean, three three series, Punisher coming up soon. You can't complain. Yeah, no, I mean, we could, but we'd just be, you know, hurting ourselves. Um, but, yeah, definitely Punisher, more Punisher is definitely not a bad thing. So that that's cool with us. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage uh, is the next Netflix series that we, the, I guess, technically the only Netflix series we know that has a debut right now. Um, time. And in this new screenshot from Twitter shows uh, the character Misty Knight uh, coming up in, in the new movie, um, or I guess TV series. Um I, I don't know how she's going to play. In the comic book, she has a metal arm that she got mm-hmm. from Iron, Iron Man. Um, but uh, this is someone, you know, I don't know how she's going to play into this. She usually has a, you know, a big afro. She works for the NYPD, um, big cop thing. But this doesn't look anything like the comic book version or like well, she's going to be part of that. Well, this is from a scene that we got to see in Comic-Con during the okay. – during the Netflix panel, this was one of the uh, exclusive clips that we got, and this scene kind of played out where um, she was being she was pretty being pretty sassy. She was kind of um, uh, I guess uh, linguistically kind of walking circles around uh, Luke Cage. Like he was kind of Luke Cage was kind of looking maybe for like a little bit of a booty call, looking for someone to like throw his charm at, and she was just like being like sassy and not taking any of it. So seems like she's going to be pretty empowered in this, in this series. So I could, I could totally see like maybe towards the end of the season, somehow she gets a metal arm. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so many different things. Um, I mean, she's really influenced by the black exploitation and kung fu crazes of the seventies. Uh-huh. Um, but that, I don't, I don't, I'm not getting that vibe from this one just yet. And, but yeah. it's just, it's a single screenshot in your description. But um, this is uh, the actress Simone Missick. She'll be playing the character uh, whenever it comes out next month. And I guess we'll have a spoiler cast for that, and we can talk about her then. Get you Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! Looking backwards uh, in time, Jessica Jones, last year, hard to believe, last year it was Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, the the episode, a.k.a. Smile, won a Hugo Award uh, this weekend. And for those who don't know, Hugo Awards are like the Academy Awards or, of uh, sci-fi and fiction stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, uh, an example of that is uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman Overture comic book that came out this past year. Uh, won an award as well for, for graphic storytelling. And, yeah, I'm trying to remember what happened in that episode. Um, AKA Smile, I I feel like that's the one where she goes to the house. Um, oh, that, maybe. Uh, or nope. Uh, AKA Smile is the end of the season. I lied. Oh, so, it's the season finale? <laughs> it's the season finale. So um, that that's actually a good one, too. I, I remember uh, that episode where she takes him to the house, the one where um, he gets out of the holding cell and kills mm-hmm. his mom, and in the very last episode, like, the best. So I definitely... I definitely agree yeah, with that. Th- yeah, well, that part in the series where they take him to the holding cell, that was that was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I might have to rewatch this before Luke Cage comes out. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a good primer for Luke Cage. He did he did show up in several episodes and uh, uh-huh. was kind of a villain for one of them. Ooh. So listen to our spoiler cast if you haven't watched it yet or have watched it and want to know what we thought um, of it. And I, my I, It's funny because my wife's laptop, her background is – Still the Jessica Jones image, so... Nice. uh, It's cool to see Jessica Jones every day here. Uh, This is next bit of news. I'm going to give this to you, Mike. You broke news to me before I could tell you. (laughs) Mostly because I was actually at work and and doing stuff, so... The only reason I'm breaking news is just because I happened to glance at it before you in my Twitter feed. So, and I would arguably say this might be the biggest news of the week just because no one expected it. And there's, I think there's lots of things that we can talk about in this. It's that the the uh, the Marvel series, The Runaways, is now on a, mm-hmm. a TV series order over at Hulu. Yes, um, that that alone, this that whole sentence blows my mind. Yeah, uh, we're gonna break it down. The Runaways, first off, as a series um, from like I guess two thousands uh, five to like two thousand eight was it's like eighteen episodes. Um, and it's basically focuses on the children of supervillains. Um, I'm pretty sure um, that's that's where they come from. I think it's supervillains. I don't think it's um, superheroes. Either way, it's a bunch of kids and they run away. Like that's where the title comes from, Runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, definitely. Uh, it was written by Brian K. Vaughn, uh, but it's definitely an interesting story to tell because all these kids they don't know what they're doing. Like they don't want to become villains uh so they become like a the millennial superhero team if you will like mm-hmm. whatever i guess they're millennials um joss whedon actually uh wrote up some of its ep- uh, books and on its second run as well yeah i know it's a pretty beloved series just because it's definitely been a reading recommendation since the very beginning when i kind of started uh seriously reading comic books back in like the mid-2000s uh, like yeah, this one always pops up. But I think the biggest news here is that I was under the impression that Marvel and Netflix, you know, they were see- they were seeing each other exclusively. But I guess now Marvel's gonna go ahead and start giving series orders to other streaming services like Hulu. I think that's a pretty big deal. So yeah, that is the second thing here. So um, the 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 distribution. I don't think there's an exclusive distribution rights because Marvel TV has shows on ABC. They have shows coming up on ABC Freeform uh, with Cloak and Dagger. Um, they have it on Netflix. And I think if Hulu wanted to say, "Hey, here's some money, make us a show," that it, then I think they're okay to say and do it because. Now that, that does bring into question here: Does this exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? What yeah. do you think? Well, it's kind of weird if it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. but it kind of lends to two different problems. It's just if you're going to create this unified Marvel universe, which I would say arguably is what has made them so popular and so successful, it's because all these movies and TV shows all exist in the same universe. You know, once you start making these new series, putting them on different networks, you know, where there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't have Hulu, but they have Netflix or, you know, the other way around. So you're kind of getting these different pockets of people um, 
um, just getting different parts of the universe and kind of not seeing the whole picture, which is probably what they ideally want. So if they decide to not put it in the universe, that is kind of really changing their whole creative direction and just throwing a really big like um, sprocket in, into the gears there. So I, I don't I don't know if it messes up the gears. I think it hurts the Runaways. I think I think it hurts that if they don't say this is part of our Marvel like brand like this isn't part mm-hmm. of anything else marvel like no one will watch it because i'm like well we don't care if it's not part of the bigger picture yeah and then it kind of comes to but when you're there now there's there's so many moving parts now way more than there was before so it's like well how do we make sure the runaways has its own little pocket in our universe uh you know what are they allowed to say are they allowed to mention iron man obviously they should be able to uh, how is that going to work? Uh, I, I think that they can do it, but I think you brought it up earlier uh, to me in the week that, you know, Marvel's getting kind of fractured out there with where they're putting their shows. You know, if we're going to be getting something on Freeform with uh, Cloak and mm-hmm. Dagger, it's going to be hard to... I don't think we're we're kind of reaching our, our stretching point here with Marvel TV shows. I don't think we're going to be able to keep up with all of this, and that's something that we... We've, I, I would say that we've prided ourselves with is we've been able at least to keep up with everything Marvel Cinematic, you know? Well, yeah, I don't know if it's fracturing because Marvel has canceled most of their TV shows on, on, on ABC. Yeah, I guess they did, us a favor. they did us a favor there, I guess. We, we have no more Agent <laughs> Carter. Um, the um, Most Wanted is, is kind of shot in the foot. I think Damage Control, or I think Damage Control is what it was called, is probably out the door as well. Um and so we just have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's easy enough. One show a week. The Netflix things are maybe three times a year, but that's 13 episodes we usually watch in a weekend. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I, I I just I don't want to watch Cloak and Dagger on Freeform because I think Cloak and Dagger is going to be really, really similar to The Runaways. You have two teenage people running away from the government trying to get them for their powers. The Runaways are a group of teenage uh, super-powered kids running away from their, their evil parents and trying to but- save life on their own. But with the Runaways, I think we'll be able to binge watch it all in one weekend. But I know sometimes Hulu does do the week by week. But, you know, if we get it all at one time, you know, maybe that'll help us digest it. But it's like and then on top of that, there's DC shows that we want to watch, too. Mm -hmm. Like there's only so there's only so many hours in the day, you know. But I I think this is just kind of um, uh, what do they call it? Like it's it's a good problem, a a bounty of wealth of of things to watch. So it's kind of it's first world problem to complain. But it it is Uh, the thing about Runaways that has me kind of leaning more towards it is that the showrunners are uh, Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage of Gossip Girl. Um, Okay, I I don't know Gossip Gossip Girl. Girl. (laughs) I've never seen Gossip Girl. But it seems like they're they're tapping into people who know how to make TV shows mm-hmm. and, and and can handle like groups of people. My my concept of Gossip Girl is pretty much Family Guy when they parody it. Um, is that there's groups of people and they're they're young like you know teenage people and and that will be able to handle this show well, not putting like old people on it and saying good luck making us a runaway show. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think they got some good people. Um, and again, just to clarify, Marvel is the production house and Hulu is a distributor. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but there's a fun fact here. I, I got to look this up. Runaways was originally a phase one movie idea. Oh. Uh, uh, this is something Joss Whedon, again, he wrote it uh, in the middle of 2000s. It was his baby and they, he was always pushing for it. And Marvel's been trying to find a way to make the Runaways work in their cinematic universe forever. Um and these talks with Hulu have been going on for at least a year, if not more. So um, it's not kind of like a, hey, Hulu, we're going to call up Marvel and be like, yo, give us a show, what you got, kind of deal. I think I think they've, they're finally meeting on, on a very good ground here. Yeah. Um, and then the last bit of fun fact, one of the Runaways uh, character is Nico Minoru. Mm-hmm. And her mother actually appeared in a Doctor Strange prequel comic. Uh, so are the are these the Doctor Strange comics that they're making leading up to the movie? Yes, um, Marvel usually releases two prequel comics for every movie, uh, part one mm. and a part two. I, I I bought the Doctor Strange ones. I, I usually buy them when they collect them in trades, like they'll do like four or five. Um, so I, th- I think that's really cool that she's in there. Which brings us to our next topic, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. um, which uh, Tony Stark is rumored to cameo in this movie. Ooh, I, I like I like cameos. That's one thing that I actually really enjoyed about Suicide Squad is that we got that little cameo of the Flash, 
which I thought was really fun and really cool. You know, even though he doesn't really do much, it's just kind of cool seeing like that, you know, that's what we were just saying. Like that's the best part about having these United Universes is that you can have those little cameos and it's just really fun. You know, you don't have to really concern yourself so much of, oh, how is Tony Stark going to work himself into this movie? You know, how is how is he going to fight along with him? It's like, no, he's just, he's probably just going to be Tony Stark outside of the armor, you know, just cracking a joke and then just like exiting stage right. I'm fine with that so i'm excited F- facial hair bros that's what they're gonna yeah with. exactly maybe they it's gonna give them barber recommendations yeah uh, i think tony stark fits in i mean the avengers towers in the shot tony is one of the remaining avengers left in the universe mm-hmm. um maybe he's trying to, to to recruit some more people for his new avengers if you will <laughs> maybe he uh, needs some help finding pepper pots because we haven't seen her in a while we uh, yeah he needs uh, a love potion uh if you will for that <laughs> oh well but we do know tony stark will be appearing in spider-man homecoming which is currently in production the first poster of the uh movie has been released there apparently i don't know how official this is but it looks really weird Ugh, man like so my problem is not with the with the posing of the character i think that looks fine uh, i just can't stand that logo like i i ranted uh uh, very, very effectively <laughs> uh, when, it, when it first came out. It just looks like garbage. Like, I hate everything about it, and I, I'm still hoping for a refresh. It just looked like they just used a random handwriting font to write Homecoming, and I hate that. So I'm I'm hoping that gets fixed. But To, to, be, to me, but, it's dry erase marker, and he's in school. <laughs> but, I'm, again, I'm, I'm an optimist, and, and Mike, Mike hates life, so... Well, I mean, this is what happens when you, when you, uh, when you major in graphic design, you just harp on dumb shit like that. So, how's the kerning, Mike? How's how's the kerning on these? <laughs> oh, levels? don't get me started on the kerning. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, the poster's a little little peculiar. You get to see his new web shooters, but it's the same outfit from Civil War. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot given away here, except there's a very it's a very sterile background. And I think that bothers me. I think that's what bothers well, me. I think that probably just lends itself to the the, the trade show aspect about it. You know, yeah. they are just whipping up whatever was available. So if like Marvel hasn't given them any new assets, they're just going to go for what's out there. So I'm still yeah. crossing my fingers. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's, it's not horrible. It's nothing to write home about. Um, however, there is a been a leaked call sheet for the movie, uh, revealing a bunch of characters' names in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest reveal here is that uh, the actor Bokeem Woodbine is the Shocker. Ooh. Okay. Um, so we now have confirmation of the Shocker. I don't know Bokeem Woodbine, uh, honestly. Um, I, I know I I know the face if I've seen him, but I can't tell you what movies I have seen him in. If that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't it's know. If you, I don't it's know all right. If you Google I th- him. I, th- I think it. I think it's just uh, cool that we're getting a shocker in general because, like I said before, a, a lot of my comic book past is um, is caught up in in animated stuff. You know, uh-huh. so um, I if you watch the '90s uh, Spider-Man show growing up, you got tons of the shocker in there. So yeah. I think it's. I think it's cool that we're getting them. It brings me back to the animated roots. Yeah, definitely cool to get him. Uh, something else. Uh, there's a rumor going around that uh, the actress Zendaya Zendaya is playing Mary Jane Watson. However, mm-hmm. shortly after that came out, this call sheet reveals that her name is actually Michelle, like we originally believed. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she only has the first name Michelle, which could be a long form version of Mary. Maybe I just I I was kind of like prepping a little bit for this week for this topic that I I want to make sure that we talk about it a little bit um i'm sure it's a very vocal minority of people that would be angry about this casting but uh, i think you just need to understand that like your beloved superheroes they're not gonna stay crispy clean white for all of eternity that's not the makeup of the planet that we live on it's okay if it changes up it's not going to be the end of the world and it'll be just fine so i don't understand why people are freaking out i i never got a chance to visit brooklyn when i was in new york i wish i could have but i guarantee that that uh that that neighborhood is just not full of a bunch of uh, white redheads you know so it's totally fine to to cast a movie to match the cultural makeup of the area you're shooting in that's kind of really responsible of them doing so i kind of hope that that rumor ends up being true because um just like people complain complaining about the ghostbusters movie casting women 
there's just always uh, vocal dickheads out there that just want to make sure that they're heard and they want everybody to know how stupid they are. So I'm totally fine well, with uh, non-white uh, major characters. It's not a big deal. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's not even confirmed. Everyone's acting like that is the fact. There's uh-huh. nowhere near facts to say that that's what happens or that's who she's playing. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, just it doesn't really matter. It's, it's all until they say it officially, it's all hearsay and rumors. Uh-huh. Um, the last bit of fun fact about this casting uh, call sheet here is Kenneth Choi, uh, number 24 on the list, if you will, um, has been in Captain America and I believe Agent Carter as uh, one of the um, Howling Commandos. Um, mm-hmm. And his character's name, I don't remember his first name, but his last name was Marita. And in this one, he plays Principal Marita, which is probably a grandson or descendant of that Marita who served with Captain America. Yeah, I, I would think so. That because. Yeah. Anybody else would it, they would be too elderly. They would be way too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But so I mean, it definitely is like a grandson or son or something. I'm pretty sure probably son because he's a little older character. But I don't know. Either way, it's cool that they're keeping that going on. Like things that happened in Captain America from the 40s are still carrying on here. Like that one yeah. unified awesome. universe that we that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty nifty. Thor Ragnarok, one of our most uh, anticipated movies coming up here. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Portman is not in the film, Mike. I know you're. I know that you can breathe. See ya. Sigh of relief. See ya, Natalie. <laughs> um, she. There's something saying that she's done with Marvel. That she never said she was done. They just. They have the option to call her if they want her back. She doesn't think that her character has anything going forward. Yeah, and I think a lot of people share the same opinion with her. Is she is a fine actress or sorry actor. Nobody. Nobody uh, has anything against her personally, but she just. She didn't really bring much to the Thor movies, so I don't think we really need her. <laughs> yeah, the writing didn't do her justice. She she's forgettable at best. Um, let's just move forward and get Thor a new love interest with a sword or something. And yeah, Sif. I want to see that Sif Thor love Sif. love making. Valkyrie is is the new the new possibility. So we'll, we'll have to see how you know love triangle cat fighty they get in in this new Thor movie. <laughs> so. So, no Natalie Portman, so we can all breathe easy and sleep tonight. Star Wars Episode Eight has a bit of news for us this week, Mike. Uh-huh. Ryan Johnson has started editing the film as of this week. So he they filmed it, it took a break, and now he's editing the movie about a year and a half out before his release. One so. one thing that's kind of uh, funny, uh, I believe it was Ryan Johnson. I listened to this uh, podcast ca- called Control Walt Delete. It's a podcast from The Verge where they talk about tech every week. And um, uh, Walt Mossberg, he is a very uh, professional and seasoned tech reporter who's been around forever. Uh, So he basically knows everybody over in Silicon Valley. But I guess a bunch of uh, people and fans tweeted at him, uh, kind of um, uh, sniding him for uh, using motion smoothing on his TV. And uh, I guess Ryan Johnson even ended up tweeting at him saying, yeah, man, turn that motion smoothing off your TV. That just ruins everything that you watch. So I thought it was pretty funny um, that a movie director would uh, reach out and tell people, yeah, don't use that either. I never liked it myself. So I'm glad someone who's making a Star Wars movie, a professional filmmaker, is finally stepping up and telling people to turn that shit off. I think it's fine for sports. I actually think it makes sports better. But yeah, if you're watching something normal, just turn that off. (laughs) Yeah, so now now Mike knows Star Wars is going to be a good movie because the director... There'll be no it. motion smoothing at the theater. Motion smoothing. There we go. He'll sleep easy. But yeah, so he just posted a picture of him in the editing bay. Um, nothing discernible, nothing nothing new in the photo. Very, very uh-huh. generic. But he is working on it, and um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I, I hope we get a title before the end of the year. Ooh, that'd um, be nice. Because they'll have to start marketing it before... Or at the same time, Rogue One will. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do the one-year, you know, teaser trailer. So man, oh. we're we're heading out of the summer here, so I'm I'm excited to get into the end of the year. It's gonna be some awesome movies. Yeah, and, and at least news coming forward out of it. I'm mm-hmm. excited. Speaking of Star Wars, Rogue One, we just mentioned, uh, comes out this uh, I think December 17th or 18th. Uh, the there's a trailer that someone made, a fan made this week, including all the footage, not all the footage, but most of the footage that we've seen so far. And use the song um, Sabotage from Beastie Boys, much like the Star Trek movie trailers have done. Mm-hmm. 
and I hate to say how good it works. Like uh-huh. I didn't. It does. It's because the Beastie Boys are awesome. I am in love with the Beastie Boys, but I just don't understand why no one's used the song Intergalactic. It's like one of my favorite Beastie Boy song of all time. It totally fits with the motif of cosmic space flying around. No one's put it with any sci-fi franchise or fantasy franchise yet, and I'm dying for it. <laughs> It just makes so much sense to me. And well, I love that song. As someone told you uh, online before, Mike, it's too on the nose. So. <laughs> no, it's not on the nose enough. <laughs> but but sabotage is what they're doing in Rogue One, okay? They're sabotaging the Death Star plans. Yes, that's very true. And it, I, I did want to like it. It's one of those things I wanted to hate, and I don't know why I wanted to hate it, but it ended up working so well. And I'm no, just like, it, it reminded me a lot of that Resident Evil trailer we watched last week where that was a professionally made trailer that seemed like a fan trailer because it was just a giant music video for that um, for that um, Guns N' Roses song. Yeah. Whereas this was a fan-made trailer totally just meant to fit up with the, the song. And so I thought that was kind of funny. Like, yeah, you're not uh, – sorry, Resident Evil. You're not just supposed to use the entire song for your trailer. <laughs> yeah, well, too bad. They already did anyway, Mike. <laughs> that Pokemon live-action movie is still a thing. No one, no one said otherwise. <laughs> Uh, All right. <laughs> however, good news here. Uh, they have hired writers, as in from Nicole Perlman and Alex Hirsch, who actually wrote uh-huh. Guardians of the Galaxy, to write this movie. I mean, I, I just don't understand what this movie is supposed to be because all I have to go off of is this very long history of Pokemon movies that have already been made, but they've all been in the and made in the vein of anime there's been nothing that has really broken that mold you know they're all just very traditional kind of what we're used to watching when it comes to like anime uh movies so i'm curious like what what are they doing here like it's definitely i have a feeling it's not going to be 2d animated uh even though that would be kind of cool because we haven't really seen anything like that in a long time on a major scale so it's got to be either live action or kind of three-dimensional which is going to be a totally new departure for the pokemon universe so we're reporting live action so how okay so how realistic is pikachu supposed to look i don't know it's just so weird to imagine it you know We've not seen, yeah, I think putting them in a live action thing, it reminds me of the movie Garfield or Smurfs is what I, mm-hmm. I think of when I think of that. Um, but I don't think you listen to our show when I tell you, A, it's live action for sure, and <laughs> it's based on Detective Pikachu. It's not within the, the normal confines of Yeah, but still, like, you can't make a Pokemon movie with only one Pokemon in it. It's not going to be just Pikachu. Like, the, the, there's no way that they would make a Pokemon movie and only utilize one character, well, right. you know? But it's not like the anime. It's, it's it's not set up like the anime. Well, yeah, so it's just like, are they building a world where there's Pokemon all over the place and they're just going to be running into them? And now I'm just trying to think of, it's there's just going to be some weird uh, des- des- design in this movie because, like, these these Pokemon are just, they're not realistic-looking at all. They're, they're cartoon characters. So how do you bridge the gap between them looking totally cartoonish and bringing them into live action? You know, like, am I going to see, like, actual moving fur and fluff on Pikachu? I just, I, I, I'm not hating on it. I just have literally no baseline to envision it. So that's why it really confuses me. So I need some sort of baseline there. I just can't, I can't comprehend it. But it's weird. I love I love the weird stuff, and this idea is just so bizarre to me, you know? Well, Detective Pikachu was a game that came out earlier this year um, mm-hmm. where you work with a talking Pikachu to solve mysteries. I don't think it's going to follow that game precisely. I don't, I've not even played the game because um, it's only in Japan right now. Um, but we're definitely going to have to see where this goes and what it looks like. Maybe we'll start seeing some models. Some concept art? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand it. it I mean, like, is Pikachu going to look like Rocket Raccoon? Like, what's, the, like, that's the like the only thing I can think of, putting something cute and fluffy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't and know. And they did hire the Guardians <laughs> writers, so there you go. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he does. Maybe they'll try not to make it too kidsy. Um, Assassin's Creed is later this year as well, uh, the video game movie. Um you know that we're doing here um the you've seen the trailer where they jump off the top of the tower right and and mm-hmm. and jump that was actually a real stunt they did and not just cgi yeah like, i guess it, it i heard like it maybe broke a record for the highest jump on set or something like that ever i i don't know i can't um i can't uh can't confirm anything. or deny yeah yeah <laughs> uh but i do know there is a video of how they made the jump. Um, oh, that's yeah, cool. 
it is it is a stunt record. You're right. Um, just just looking it up here, um, a stunt record of probably height and maybe where they landed. I don't know, but they did. They it is a real stunt and it's not CGI, which is really cool. Yeah, that's uh, cool. That's good to know. Yeah, and it's uh, the starting point of 125 feet in the air. A record-breaking free fall that has not been bested in 35 years, Mike. So Ooh, that's wow. That's, I, I, I imagine that would have been an intense day to be on set to see that go off. But the, like what I was saying earlier, the end of the year is going to be really interesting. We're going to get some really awesome movies that I would put money on are going to be awesome, like Fantastic Beasts, uh, Doctor Strange, Rogue One. And then we kind of got this like dark horse called Assassin's Creed, you know, this video game that's kind of, I think, is going to fit the mold for a for a movie script really well. So I think it's got a lot of good potential. Kind of a little bit um, better shot than I would say Warcraft had. Even though it seems like Warcraft's going to get probably a sequel, you know, because China is loving it. And people didn't really seem to really totally hate on it. So, yeah, I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's going to, again, make or break video game movies. So... <laughs> We'll we'll have to see uh, where that where that lands this 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 winter. Uh, earlier we were talking about the tick. I think when we opened the show, right? Uh-huh. Um, because the new pilot for the new TV series is live on Amazon now, and um, it'll get made to a series. I think if enough people rate it well or watch yeah. it, I, I don't know how they they judge that really. Yeah, it's it's something that it's got competition. It's actually kind of it's really crazy that they'll just go ahead and like. Unlike other networks, they'll just have executives judge the pilot and have focus groups judge the pilot, and then they'll go off of that. Amazon's just like, no, we're going to let everybody watch this. You can watch it for free. You can like judge it on its own merits, and it's, if it's good enough, we'll turn it into a series. So I think that's that's kind of cool. It's I'm sure it's really nerve-wracking for the people that created the tick, you know, just waiting around hoping enough people watch it. But like I was saying earlier, I don't really have a, a big baseline for the tick. Um, I know that there's probably a, a big cult of people out there that love it, so I'd be curious to see what they think about it. But I don't, I don't, I'm not running to Amazon servers to watch this as soon as possible. But hey, you never know. I, I definitely am because I again I watched the cartoon, played the game, and the, li- the live action one's great. Um, right now, it's sitting at four and a half stars out of four thousand votes plus votes. So that that's pretty, pretty good. This seems pretty positive here. I don't, yeah. I can't see competition around it. Um, but that I think that's cool. So I'm definitely gonna check it out maybe later today or later this week. Uh, however, there are some footage of from the first clip from the first pilot here in two clips. Uh, I made Mike watch them before we started um, to kind of see like what I what I've noticed about the show is the first live action series in late to uh, late 90s early 2000s is a very sitcom style show. Yeah, this seems the the clips that I watched seem really high produced. Like I almost felt like they could they could cut the camera and switch over to seeing like Daredevil running across the rooftops. It definitely has a very realistic feel to it. So the other one's sitcom, and this one leans more to the Netflix Marvel kind of shows. Yeah, and like there was no easy between. And it's really hard to watch it because like he's getting shot up with bullets, and he's obviously bulletproof and invincible, and he's just like being goofy in a really weird way. Did you watch the second clip when he's in Arthur's apartment or not? No, I didn't get a I didn't get a chance to watch that one. No. So so the actor is Peter Serenifowitz, uh, British comedian. He's in Shaun of the Dead as his roommate at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy as one of the um, uh, Nova Corps members. Yeah, uh, what a bunch of a holes I believe is what yeah, he says. Yeah, so he's a British guy, but he when he talks he sounds like um, uh, Will Arnett. <laughs> like, he sounds just like Will Arnett in his in uh, his Eng- American accent, and it's throwing me off. So I gotta watch this whole thing and see how it goes. But um, it is Amazon pilot season. It's on Amazon if you have Prime. Um, I I'm not seeing any other like I'm on Amazon right now. I'm not seeing how it compares against the the rest of the shows. So that's that's a bummer. But I'm gonna check it out and I'll I'll have a review next week for us. To talk awesome. About. And lastly, Blade Runner 2, um, the only reason I include this in, because it wraps back to our first topic, Suicide Squad, with Jared Leto joining the cast of Blade Runner 2. Man, he's sandwiching our show here. Um, That's awesome. I love Jared Leto. I mean, uh... We, who who we, we may never know exactly uh, why it panned out the way it did with Suicide Squad, but uh, he's a cool guy. Like he's he's pretty an, an infectious performer. So I'd be be curious to see what crazy role they're gonna throw him into with Blade Runner Two. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We have, uh, you know, uh, director Dil- Dennis Villanueva, I believe I pronounce his name, uh, Harrison Ford, and, and so on and so forth. So I'm um, if he can isn't be- um, uh, what's his name? What's a uh, pretty boy from from the movie Drive? Isn't he also supposed to be in? Oh, Blade Ryan Gosling is it? Go- yeah, Ryan Gosling is it? I think that's Ryan- a that's a star-studded, handsome cast right there. <laughs> it is. So I don't know if you've seen Blade Runner or not, Mike, or, or another premise. I I saw it once a long time ago, probably when I was too young to really appreciate any sort of subtlety that was in the movie. So I have to watch it again. Yeah, I, definitely it's something I, we watched it in um, one of my film studies classes in college. But there are the replicants, which are like androids, um, and I think the mm-hmm. androids have a very unique style. I think my, Ryan Gosling will be someone hunting the replicants who have gone mm-hmm. wild or ready to die. And Jared Leto looks like a replicant. He looks like those crazy 80s <laughs> futuristic style people that he could pull off. So I think he's going to be one of the replicants and, and Ryan Gosling will not be. Yeah, but, I think we just consider ourselves yeah. lucky because from what I've been seeing uh, with these uh, movies uh, cropping back up from the past is we seem to have better luck on sequels. Uh, long-awaited sequels than reboots. Reboots just aren't working out well. Um, So I think continuing the story in the same universe probably going to work out better for Blade Runner. But I'm sure people are not happy this movie's being made. But I have nothing to go off of, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, I don't either. Uh, Well, again, we're not butthurt either way, if you will. (laughs) It it doesn't offend us. Uh, Sorry, I forgot my, my catchphrase. Um, but that's I'm, ca- I'm cautiously neutral, I guess. <laughs> well, I definitely agree. Uh, <laughs> but I guess that's our show for the week. A uh, little light news, but we still managed to stretch it out to the full show. Yeah, if um, you guys heard less uh, scratching in the audio, it's because I told Chris to oh. put some sort of mouse pad underneath his mouse. So I don't know if anyone's ever been hearing that over the uh, over the weeks, but hopefully we got that problem. I first. will get a mouse pad this week or next <laughs> week. Right now I'm using an iPad case, so... Hey, that what? works. I have um, I'm using like an iPad case to elevate my uh, my monitor on on my desk at the office. So those things are very useful. It definitely a uh, lot of, lot of uses rather than just protecting iPads. <laughs> um, but if, if if people want to find other ways, you know, you're you're. Uh, making your office setup look fancy, Mike. Where can they do that at? <laughs> well, you can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Hopefully, I got a new one coming up this week. The one I'm working on right now is really, really long. It's like the longest one I've ever made. It's very, very detailed. So, hopefully, it works out pretty well. That one should be coming soon. But, Chris, people want to follow you, want to catch up on, I don't know, like your pop vinyl collection, your extra cases of Ecto Cooler. you got lots of crazy stuff going on. Where can they follow you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or on ComicUI.com. Um, I actually did buy two pop vinyls this week, Mike. Uh, I haven't shared them <laughs> I yet. just took a shot in the dark. <laughs> you did. Um, one of them is Alex DeLarge. He's the main character of A Clockwork Orange, and A okay. Clockwork Orange is one of my favorite films. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's one of those ones that you know, like you find something that inspires you to do like your career. A Clockwork Orange inspired me to make movies and work oh, in, cool. in films, so that was cool. And then it's a buy one like one for twelve or two for twenty, so I had to get the deal, Mike, and I got um, <laughs> the character Reaper from Overwatch. Ah, um, uh, okay. He spins around in a circle and says "Die, die, die" for a special move. So anyone who plays Overwatch <laughs> will know. Uh, I just had to get him. He's one of my favorite characters to play as. So um, there you go. There you go. You, now you know. I'll have to put him on, on Twitter now so people can find him. And see him there. <laughs> you know uh, it. Yeah. In the meantime, other than our new upcoming Facebook videos where people can watch slash listen to our show, where else can people find us, Mike? Well, as always, you can head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best resource to find everything about our show, that our little show that we put on here every week. Uh, you can find show notes so you can see all the stuff that we're talking about and get all these links to all these uh, different videos that we talk about. But uh, if you want to find us, you can hit us up on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. And you can subscribe to us and get us right in your email inbox. And you can like us on Facebook. And you can follow us on Twitter. If you're a fan of the show, uh, uh, consider leaving us a a nice review on any place that you listen to the show. That's helpful. Helps uh, new people find us. And uh, if you're a super fan of the show, we know we got some out there. Uh, Just share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. And spread the love of Superhero Slate. And we'll be here every week. That's right. That's right. Um... You know, I, it sounds like you're running a marathon listing those off, Mike. You got out of breath <laughs> by the time you got to, to email, so I, I applaud you for doing that every week. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I guess that's it. I guess we'll see uh, everyone next week. All right. Goodbye, everybody.
Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.